Good morning, everybody. Um, great to see you. Good morning to our friends that are online. We say hello to you, and uh, we're grateful that you're with us to sing, uh, to pray, and to hear uh, an amazing message today. We have our very own uh, Hannah Matson is going to be speaking with us Pastor today. We're Hannah. grateful to hear the message. <laughs> Pastor Hannah Matson, yeah. that's right. And uh, so she'll be speaking today, and we're, uh, we're grateful to keep dreaming with people, and, uh, and especially with people uh, much younger than ourselves. You know, there was a time I was the young guy, and now Hannah is the same age as my daughter. But that is good. That is a good thing to have <laughs> happening. <laughs> He's got the rim shot back there. But if, uh, whether you're uh, online or you are here in the room, uh, if you'd like to give in a little bit, you can give online by going to ccmonline.org slash give or texting a dollar amount to the number 84321. And uh, just some info so that we don't have to say that uh, again later in the midst of the service. If you are at home, we'll be receiving communion today together. And so uh, make sure that you have uh, headed into your kitchen to grab some elements, whatever works for you today, bread and juice or whatever you have. We're, we're receiving a communion meal together. So we say welcome to y'all. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. And we're going to have a great time today, right? Because we love Jesus and he loves us. I call to worship is let's. It says, um, okay, let's worship from the gospel of Matthew chapter 5 together. We are here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on the light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine, keep open house, be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to do open, people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. Today's prayers are inspired by our uh, youth, especially our teens and our middle schoolers. All-knowing God, we have some questions. Where have you been? Where am I going? Why am I here? I'm not sure why I'm here. Jesus, thank you for being in our questions. We pray that you would help us to understand what matters, to take away our fear of missing the things that matter to us. Help us to become who you want us to be. Thank you for caring about what we care about, for making Tuesday a sunny day, for my pets welcoming me home, and for people who care about me. We pray that you would protect what makes us feel safe and protect us from what makes us feel helpless. Holy Spirit, we pray for our schools, specifically for middle schools. We pray for the people who make decisions about school and the people those decisions impact. Take a moment now to pray for someone you know or a school you know or someone who works or goes to a school.
Lord, of all places. We know our world is suffering. We pray for our friends in Haiti. Today, we particularly pray for kids who are middle school age in Haiti. receive our communion together today and if we can let's first go ahead and take off that top layer and then after we do that let's take a moment of silence to prepare our hearts to receive the elements of communion to pray together and let us think about the things of this past week the joys uh, and the sorrows Let us remember that which we have lost because of indifference and injustice in our country and in our world. And let us thank God that we're able to participate in the good work of reconciliation and salvation. So let's just take a few moments in the silence to pray and to think on these things. Let us pray together. Holy God, we thank you for the work of creation and the life you have given us. Christ Jesus, we ask that you lead us in the way of salvation, that each day we would grow in your life everlasting. Holy Spirit, fill us with joy and peace and let our lives produce your good fruit. So let us just take another moment, and it doesn't have to be complete silence, but let's take a moment to reflect on the work of God in our lives, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And it's because we remember that on the night that Jesus was arrested, knowing all that was about to happen, Jesus gathered with friends in community that welcomed all to the table. Jesus broke it, took that bread, broke it, shared it, and said, take and eat. This is my body, the bread of new life. Share this and remember. Let's all say this together. Jesus, we remember you. Let's receive the bread. beautiful sounds of the crackling cups, much like a brook 
like a stream of water. Jesus took the cup, blessed it, gave thanks for it, and said, take and drink. This is the power of my lifeblood, the salve of salvation, the cup blessing. Share this and remember. And again, we pray, Jesus, we remember you. Let's receive the juice together. Oh God, we thank you for this time that we get to have together in community this day. We thank you for your promises for our lives that you continue to remind us of. So let's take some time in these songs to pray. And however you want to do that as we sing, maybe it's just right at your seat or your table. Maybe you want to go over to the candle walls and light a candle to remind us that Jesus is the light of salvation, that Jesus is with us in the times and places where our our heart is broken, where we're feeling lonely, where we're missing And the times when we're being thankful and we're filled with joy, God is with us, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, in all those times. So again, whether it's right where you are, at the candle wall, or writing your prayers on the sticky notes and putting them on the whiteboard, let us sing, let us pray together. And we also pray for this offering today. And uh, we're grateful that we can give into the work of this church, the work that's happening right here, the work that's happening throughout the region and throughout the world. God, we pray that you would uh, just multiply that which that we give today and so that amazing things can be done to heal and to shed light and to do just amazing things throughout the world. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we all pray. And everybody said, amen. Um, uh, Good morning and uh, welcome. If we haven't already welcomed you at the door, welcome again. If you're brand new today and you want to connect with us, we'd love to connect with you either online or in person using the QR code or our Next Steps kiosk after service today. Awesome. Well, I think the next one would be great for you. Oh, I'd be good for me to do that one too. Yeah. I can do that one too. We have a women's Bible study coming up, and it's going to be um, on the book, the brand new book by Shauna Nequist. I guess I haven't learned that yet. I just started reading it. It is so good. Um, it just gives you permission to not have all the answers and know what you're doing. It's so freeing, and it's lovely. So um, if you'd like to study the book together with a group of women, we've got two options for you. Um, there's an evening um, meeting on Tuesday night starting in February 7th for five weeks, and we're going to cover the whole book in five weeks. You don't have to read the book or have the book because we're going to have a video series to go with it, so no pressure if you're not a reader. Um, but you can still come and take in all the goodness. Uh, or we also have a daytime one. That'll be meeting two um, Thursdays a month, so it'll take a little bit longer. It's going to be February 9th through April 13th if daytime works better for you. Awesome. And one of our uh, amazing team members, Samuel Marks, is doing the study on the four Gospels, and that's continuing. Uh, it's going to be starting soon, and it's going to be hybrid. You can either uh, attend in person uh, or uh, online via Zoom. And so uh, watch this space for the exact day and time that will be coming soon. We want you to know that, so keep your eyes open on Facebook uh, and also at our website. 
Uh, also, uh, SAS is doing volunteer recruitment. And so it's seeking dedicated individuals to provide advocacy and support to survivors. Uh, so if you are 18 and older, uh, you've got access to transportation. You can submit an application and complete 30 hours of training and really be a support to our community. So uh, look at ccmonline.org for more information about that. Or you can go to the SAS website as well. So that's one great way you can um, volunteer in our community, but you can also volunteer here in the house too. We are definitely needing some extra folks to help with our video production team. We're a little lean right now. So if you'd like, we'll, we'll train you um, for audio or projection. And also if you'd rather do something outside or on your own, we need some help with the shoveling now that we've got snow again. Um, so if you'd like to help shovel out on Sunday mornings and come a little early, we'll give you some hot coffee, and that'd be awesome. And also uh, cleaning in the building. We need some extra help um, cleaning the building if you want to work solo. So that's yeah, what we got. Absolutely, yeah. And with that, uh, we would love to have you, if you'd like to work on a computer, we'd love to have you be a part of projection. If you love music, um, to work with our sound team. Uh, you know, we have the amazing Steve Allen on lights, who is there almost every week, would love some uh, extra support with that as well. Uh, and he can teach you how to do that really quick. And then also, uh, a person you're going to see uh, here in a moment, Julia Fox, uh, is our new leader of our video production team. And um, she uh, really stepped up for us when our friend Bruce Allen retired. We needed someone who we knew uh, had a love uh, for video and uh, really wanted to lead. And so uh, when we asked Julia Fox if she would like to do this, we knew it would be a family affair. So she and Matt, who have really cared for our video team uh, for years and years, uh, stood up and said, yes, uh, we want to lead this. So yeah, so that's a good thing. And so we have, uh, we've got spots in video production as well. And Julia can teach you how to do that. But let's hear uh, from her right now. Hello everyone, my name is Julia Fox. I've been coming to Crossroads for 12 years. I come to church to grow in my faith and to be around those within the faith community to help support me uh, within my journey. I come to Crossroads to be able to challenge myself and grow in my beliefs about me, about what I grew up believing, and about the world around me. There's just so much I don't know. I love the opportunities that Crossroads offers me to be a better me, to be able to be better to those that are around me, and to build a better world by those interactions that I've had. My dream for Crossroads is to create a culture of curiosity where people want to come and learn and understand uh, others and be there for discussion. I am coming to you live, well not live anymore, this is recorded, I'm coming to you from the video production room. Um, I am in the ministry to bring the message to the greater walls outside of the formal church walls because church doesn't just happen on Sunday, it doesn't just happen in Marshall, Michigan and the message needs to be able to get out to everyone and that is how we end up being able to welcome all, no matter where they are and what their circumstances, because not everyone can be here um, the same way. And we welcome everyone here at Crossroads. The other nice thing is that sometimes the message is just so good, you want to listen to it again. <laughs> I'm so excited that I get to be part of that and that, that others get to enjoy it 
Not just that week, but any week they want to go back to it. Great. Thank you so much, Julia, for sharing with us. Um, when we started talking about this series, Living the Dream, in our creative team meetings, we were talking about how saddened we are when um, people are kind of hopeless for the American church. Um, and it's kind of like, well, let's, we just kind of got to wait it out. There are a lot of Christian leaders who aren't going to churches right now. Um, and while it's understandable for a season, we here at Crossroads love being with you each Sunday. And we thought of all of the faces and the people, especially people set, stepping into new leadership opportunities, whose stories are so inspiring, right? To hear Julia and why she cares about video production, right? It's not just something that churches do, so we do it. It's something that makes it possible for us to attend church in a pandemic. It's something that makes it possible for us to attend church while we're in the hospital. It makes it possible for us to be a part of the community when we move to Iowa, like Timothy Wainick, right? There are people who join us every single Sunday and are active parts of our church who can only be here because of the work that Julia and her team are doing. So can we give them a round of applause? I loved when I asked Julia to make a video like this. She was like, oh, can I do it in the video production room? And I was like, I've never even been in the video production room. So if you ever want to learn more, I think it's a lot easier than we assume that video production is. So if you're ever curious, um, I know she would love for you to just pop your head back there, um, get to know her, say thank you for what she's doing. Um, and we would love to tell you some more about how to be a part of that team if you're interested. So today, we're talking about dreaming of a whole church, and this is something I've really been longing for and that God has been talking to me about. Um, I think a lot of people leave the church because of fracture. They see division. They see hypocrisy. It doesn't feel consistent, and so it's easier to just separate ourselves. And even within our churches, right, we find different places that agree more with the things that we believe so that we don't have to disagree because it's uncomfortable to disagree, right? Um, and when it comes to theology, it's really important. So it like really revs us up when we disagree. <laughs> so how do we function in wholeness? And I've been so encouraged. Um, I've been prompted to think about this concept for the last couple months. And I was a little afraid like this wholehearted word is like super trendy right now. So am I just like imposing this on the Bible? Like, is this something I want to see here? But it turns out that throughout scripture, it is something that God is calling us to um, to wholeness, to oneness with him, with our own story, and together as a community. So um, I want to start by sharing the reason that this has been on my heart so much. Um, in the process of starting a family, um, not everything has been linear for me. Um, many of you know that two years ago, we lost our first child, Bella, in a miscarriage. And when I got pregnant with um, Miles, we had just started telling people and I went to the Transforming Center with Scott and Claire, and Claire asked me, like, when people ask if this is your first child, what do you want me to say? Like, I don't want to do something you don't want me to do, but you've had another child. And I think out of my own fear, I just, like, immediately was like, I just want to be happy. Like, I don't want to think about this anymore. Like, I don't want to explain my dead baby when I'm telling people about this baby. I don't want to be scared. Um, but turns out you can't just not be scared, right? That entire pregnancy, I was terrified. And when I gave birth to Miles, I thought I'd be really happy, and I was eventually, but I just sobbed for all that I didn't get to do with our first baby. 
And in November, on Thanksgiving morning, we lost another child. And um, it feels like God is constantly inviting me to remember our whole family, right? Not just the part of the family that feels really good and cute and that I post on Instagram and gets a lot of likes. Because um, Miles is very cute. Miles is awesome. <laughs> um, but... There's more to our story. It hasn't been easy. Um, And so this time, our lives are very different than they were two years ago. We have a house. There was a baby for us to bury. So um, the picture over here is um, where we we buried baby Francis. Um, Out on the hill by our house, by a bluebird box. The little stone is from Lake Superior. Um, We had just gotten it weeks before. And the opportunity to acknowledge this in a more meaningful way really changed um, my whole experience of our family. When we were walking out, um, Miles got like little thistles caught on his butt, (laughs) on his pants, and that was our symbol for Bella. I had a thistle necklace that was a reminder of her. And to see Bella pop up as we we're going to grieve Francis, to be able to do a poetry reading and all of the very Matson things that we did um, to celebrate Francis's very short life, um, and to be able to do that as a family felt so much better than this other experience. Um, so I just felt like there was, I was more whole in my own story, right? Like I got to welcome more parts of myself into um, my relationship with God because I was willing to bring myself into that part of my story. But also, I experienced more wholeness communally um, because of Francis. Um, The staff here at Crossroads knew, and they all loved us in such unique ways, the ways that they themselves know to love us. Um, Sylvia made us enchiladas with chicken and mashed potatoes, and Scott and Claire bought us a blanket that has the name of all three of our children. Um, And Stacy gave us an evergreen tree to plant in honor of Francis in our yard that Miles is sitting next to in that picture. And it was just really beautiful how, you know, I didn't want to, like, it's hard to talk about these things, but people show up for you in community. And I got, by them knowing about this loss, like, our lives were more whole. And I was able to be encouraged. There were also people that I connected with at Kobe's grief event um, about this. And in our small group, right, Um, my life is more whole for sharing about Francis's life and sharing about Bella's life. But also, my relationship with God is more whole for acknowledging all of these things. Um, One of the great parts about having buried Francis is that um, for a while, every single day, Miles and I went out there. And there was just a spiritual practice of acknowledging the mess of our relationship with God, right? Like, We had a baby not live, and then we had a baby live, and then we had a baby not live, and it doesn't make sense why those things happen. But I got to show up to the mystery of that each day with Miles. And Miles learned how to wave um, because AJ and him, when he'd wake up, AJ would say, wave to Frankie, wave to Frankie out the window, right? And these little spiritual practices have made my relationship with God more whole. Like there aren't things that God and I can't talk about. Like with Bella, I was just so mad. I couldn't. I didn't have words, Um, but by walking out to this place, by lighting two candles this morning, God and I have this conversation about the mystery of our faith, that God is not better when my child lives. God is good in every season of our lives.
And I'm so grateful um, that throughout scripture, we see that this wholeness is a part of God's intention for our lives, for our lives together, and for our life with God. The biblical idea of wholeness starts very early in scripture. We talk a lot here at Crossroads about how the Trinity is whole together, right? And that they made us in their image. There's so much language around that. And one of the most fundamental um, Jewish scriptures is called the Shema. Um, in Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 5, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And as for you, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And this word for the Lord is one is a kad. And there are different words for one in the Old Testament. This one is used a lot, 952 times. It can be um, as simple as just two is better than one. One person will go and do this task. But it also has this alternate definition that means compound unity. There's another word that can be used when it's only a singular thing, yakid. But akad has this other meaning that means this oneness and wholeness and compound unity. So from this phrase, we learn that God, God's self is one, Right? And that for us, we shall love with all of our heart, our soul, and our strength. And that word for strength is mayod, which means muchness, right? With our whole self. Like we have to have a oneness within ourself in order to also be one with this very one God. And another thing I love about this passage is that Jesus also refers to this. In Matthew 22, um, the Pharisees are kind of trying to trap him, and they ask for the greatest commandment, which I think is a very creative way to try to, like, trap someone, right? I don't know if you know any people who are big rule followers in your life, but to, like, prioritize rules is very tough, right? (laughs) And so living in a culture that had a lot of religious rules, it's creative to say, like, well, maybe we'll get him to undermine some of the rules, But Jesus gives such a beautiful outlook on what all the rules mean in this passage. When they ask him what the greatest commandment is, he replies, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Referring back to that passage we just read. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. And it's beautiful what Jesus is doing because he's referring back to this fundamental belief, right, that we need to be, God is one, we are one, and we should be one with God. But then he's also referring to everything else kind of fits into this bucket of we need to be one with our neighbor, right? So it's not just me, it's not just God, but we also need to be one with all the other people that God is one with, right? Um, So then we see as Jesus dies, um, a lot of the New Testament letters are just unpacking this idea that God plans to bring unity to all things in heaven and earth and under Christ, which is not what they expected, right? Like they never expected salvation to be for more than the Jews. They are running into conflict left and right because people are coming to church who are never supposed to come to church. And we don't know how to be with these people. They're different than us. God is radically more inclusive in the New Testament than anyone expected God to be. And so um, as they start to learn that, people have lots of questions. Um, The Greek words for unity aren't quite as like, I don't know, the akkad, oneness, compound unity um, feels a little bit more Eastern to me. Unity in Greek is a little bit more like agreement. But there's this other word that's used for Unity in the New Testament, 
um, in Hebrews 6, um, it says, Therefore, let us move beyond elementary teachings about Christ to be taken forward to maturity. And this word, taken forward to maturity, is used one other time in the New Testament. <coughs> Sorry. Um, it's used one other time in the New Testament. And when it's plural, it is um, this perfect unity. When it's singular, it's moving forward to maturity. And I think there's something really profound about that. Other translations of this forward to maturity are to perfection, to full growth. Um, and so being able to experience this wholeness means growing up a little bit, right? That if we're going to all be together, and what this passage is referring to is um, we're not going to create, like, ways to salvation on our own. Like, we're not going to find like remake a system that will make other people superior to other people. We're going to move forward to maturity to be one with Christ. And um, the book of Hebrews is interesting. I was talking with AJ about it because there's this constant theme of questions like people being like, but what about this old thing? But what about this old thing? But what about this old thing? And the author of Hebrews is like, we kind of got to let some of that go. And I'm not saying that it's not important if you're more like higher than the angels or lower than the angels, but that's not really the point. <laughs> the point is faithfulness. And in Hebrews 11, we see that they make this point by going through stories of people who had been with God for all of time. They talk about Abraham, and they talk about Isaac, and they talk about the journeys that people have been on, and that the wholeness of their story isn't something that they get to experience on their own, that the wholeness of the story is when they all come together. Um, thank you so much, Samuel. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks. Um, and so in Hebrews 11, we see that our stories become whole together, that we move into this maturity by being together. It's not through the perfection of these people. It's actually these people walking in faith despite an imperfect situation and despite being imperfect themselves. The people in this chapter are not like, yay, they did it, they're the best, even if they are considered kind of heroes of the Old Testament faith. But together, they're moving into something they couldn't have known or seen. And I really believe that the wholeness that we experience together leads us into faithfulness. That when we're able to be one with God, one with ourselves, and one with other people, we become more faithful together. And my favorite... Um, metaphor for what this wholeness unity looks like in scripture is actually that we're connected with God who is the hub, but then we are differentiated people, right? Like we're not all the same. We're all made in God's image. We're connected to the hub. But in order for us to experience unity here on the earth, we actually have to be connected around the wheel, right? Um, the only way that we can experience wholeness with each other is to listen to what is different. And I think it's beautiful that the wheel gains traction as we listen to each other, right? The only way to move forward is to hear from the other side of the wheel. And so we can't just silo off and not hear from the other people made in God's image, which is very tempting to do, especially when they're saying things that we don't want to hear and we don't want to say. <laughs> um, and so the call of God to wholeness isn't just being with the hub, although that's in incredibly important. And in order for us to say the things we need to say to our world, we have to be connected in the hub in the ways that we were created to be connected to the hub. But we also have to work in partnership with these other people. 
Um, I love what Brene Brown said on her podcast recently. She was talking to Richard Rohr, um, and she was talking about during COVID how she just really missed gathering in church. And she told this to a friend, and the friend was like, don't you, like, kind of really struggle with the people in your church? Like, don't you kind of complain about church sometimes? And she said, yeah, I definitely do. But I like to pass the peace with people that I think really bad things about. I like to go to the rail and take communion with people I kind of want to punch in the face. And I want to sing with people that I don't get along with. Isn't church the home of paradox? And I don't want to punch anybody in the face here, but I do think that there's something so important to showing up to church, seeing people who think things that are different than what I think, and not wanting to punch them in the face because I actually know them, right? Like, (laughs) during the pandemic, there are people here who didn't have the same views about what I would have done, right? And because I knew them, I understood their point of view better, (laughs) And I knew that they loved me and that they were making sacrifices to be with me on my terms. And I could also come alongside them to find a new and better and different way forward than what we were experiencing everywhere else, right? Because what was happening was so scary. Our sense of security was being threatened, whether it was we felt like people were trying to control us and tell us what to do. And once you start doing that, are you ever going to stop doing that? Like, or like by coming near me, you're not just endangering me, but everybody I'm going to see, right? Like, I still like feel that like rage. Like, did anybody experience rage during COVID? Like when they were scrolling through Facebook, right? And that is where Satan wants to do the best work, right? By derailing us, by seeing other people as caricatures. And Facebook, I actually read, like does this thing where they show you the opposite point of view in the stupidest argument because it makes you mad and you look at it and you engage with it, right? But when you're at church with someone you love who you know loves God and they love you and they think those things, suddenly we're able to talk to each other, right? Because there's context. And I think there's something so beautiful about being here at Crossroads where our leaders think different things. Like there were different interpretations of what was going on in the world but they found a way forward together because they chose to hold each other instead of holding to their perspective. And they chose to hold you and your ability to be with God instead of their own pride around moving an agenda forward, right? Like this place is weird. We don't all agree on everything. Um, and there are plenty of people who switched churches during the pandemic because they couldn't be with people who weren't like them. And that's the state of the church right now. Um, but there is this way forward where we can love that we go to church and take communion with people who love something different about Jesus than we do. And we can have a conversation and love more things about Jesus because they love something different about Jesus than we do. Um, And this wholeness really changes our perspective, not just on Jesus, but about the whole world and how we love the world. Eugene Peterson talks about how congregation is a place of stories. It's never just my story. It's a community of stories. And in this passage, he also talks about how Jesus' story and how we fit into God's story, right? That's the leading part of this place of stories. But I learned my story in company with others. Each story affects and is affected by each of the others. And I love this concept because I know it's true, right? The lowest points in my life, I can't get out of my own story. When we lost Bella, I, like, couldn't process anything, 
And I would show up at church and just, like, cry. It was the one place I would, like, I would cry at all. <laughs> I would, like, numb myself all week, come to church, cry, not talk to anybody, and leave, <laughs> right? Um, but when we're able to see beyond our own story, when we're able to share our story and hear other people's stories with Jesus at the center, with finding our own place in God's story, something beautiful happens where we gain courage from other people. We see God at work at in other people's lives, and we see how that fits into the story of God and that we also fit into the story of God. So if God is being faithful to them, he's probably going to be faithful to me, right? And it gives us this sense of oneness and joy and an ability to do hard things, right? To grieve, to allow parts of our story that we haven't engaged with because if somebody else was brave enough to talk about their thing, maybe I can be brave enough to talk about mine. So I want to invite you to reflect on this idea of wholeness. Um, first of all, I want you to think about, and you don't have to reflect on all these questions. I really only want you to choose one because this would be way too much to take on. Um, but I think one is going to resonate with you more than others. Um, but I will walk us through them. One, where have you experienced wholeness? What does it feel like to you? Um, I think one of the like saddest things, um, the things that I'm grieving in American culture right now is I think we have way more experiences of disconnect and fracture than we do of unity. And so when we think about this topic, we tend to think in the negative. Um, but what is an experience that you've had of wholeness? Maybe that is somebody who thinks differently than you looking you in the eye and acknowledging your point of view. Like, man, I have some experiences of that that my whole body releases, right? Like, my shoulders fall down because, like, I get in fighter mode really easy. <laughs> and, like, when I experience wholeness, I don't have to defend myself anymore. Maybe it's being in a space. I was at our pastoral staff Christmas party for the first time this year. And it is amazing to look around the table at people who have been there for 20 years together and still want to be there. And they still love each other. And these relationships are more than business, right? Um, they're whole life relationships. I just felt so emotional thinking about how that group of people is whole together. They're not the same, but they're whole. So what does wholeness feel like for you in your body, in your heart? Um, and then where are you longing for wholeness? So keep in mind that feeling of wholeness as you think about where it doesn't exist, because we're people of hope, right? We're not people who just identify what's wrong and have nothing to do about it. When we long for something and bring it to God in prayer, change happens. When we identify these things and talk with people, maybe talk to a therapist, right? Like these are deep-rooted issues. When we have these conversations, things change in our body and in our heart. So where are you longing for wholeness? First, with yourself. What part of your story is God inviting you to engage with, maybe, that has been easier? Um, I think a lot of times when crisis happens, it's easier to be like, God is good, God is good, God is good. Um, but maybe God is inviting you to engage with the fact that maybe he wasn't good at one time. Or he was good, but you didn't feel that goodness in the experience, right? Like, you're allowed to wrestle with, this was not good, and God was present, so can God be good, right? Um, what is God inviting you to engage with in your story? Then with others, where do you want to experience wholeness with others? Um, offering and receiving forgiveness. I don't think it's a mistake that the core of our gospel is forgiveness, 
Like conflict is a theme throughout the whole Bible. This is not the only time where we've experienced conflict as a church. Um, And that is why forgiveness and reconciliation are the central truth of our faith, that Jesus came to teach us what forgiveness looks like. Is there someone that you need to listen better to um, or to receive forgiveness from or offer forgiveness to? And then also um, wholeness with God. Where can you trust the wholeness of God to create faithfulness in your life? Um, If this is something that you're thinking about, I would invite you to read through Hebrews 11 this week and just see the stories that generate faith in us as Christians. Um, What are the ways that when people, you connect the dots between these stories, you see a picture of faith that is bigger than any one person. Um, And how can you trust that God is working a story so much bigger than you that you can be brave enough to do the next step of faithfulness that God is putting before you? So I'm going to invite the worship team to come up as I pray for us. And just as I'm praying, feel free to think about these things and offer them to God. Father God, we thank you that you um, already know all of these things. You are not surprised by the parts of our story that we're disconnected from right now. You're not surprised or mad at us that we're disconnected from another person right now, that we've hurt someone. You know all of it. And so, God, we bring to you the places where we are longing for wholeness, and we know that you are longing far more than we ever could to see our world made whole. And so we pray, um, Holy Spirit, that you would do something powerful, that you would bring healing in our lives, that you'd bring healing to each of us, to our relationships with others, and to our relationship with you. And God, we know that that is not outside of your power, because Jesus, you were willing to die on a cross so that we could be one with you, that we could be considered your family. God, we thank you that you consider us your children, and as your children, we ask for your healing, for your love, in all of the ways um, that we long for it today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And knowing that we, therefore, are God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them together in perfect unity. And so we go from this place desiring perfect unity. I thank you for my brothers and sisters, and I pray that you bless them and their families, their friends, and their neighborhoods this day and all throughout the week. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and we all said together, amen. Have a wonderful week, everybody. We hope to see you back next week, and we'll continue on.